Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a stand-up New York Labs production, providing you podcasts since 2013. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. 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 Turner Sparks just got married and has moved home to America after 12 years living in China. Sir Michael Ira Kaplan has two kids, a wife, a job, and has spent his entire life in the USA. Neither one can figure their country out. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 158. My name's Turner Sparks. And my name is Michael Kaplan. You can find me at Turner Sparks on Instagram. The numbers are going up, by the way. The numbers are going up. I'm over a thousand. On Instagram. On Instagram. What are you on Twitter? You stopped checking, right? I'm over a thousand on Twitter. But no one I don't get new followers on Twitter anymore. I'm at Cap in America on both, and I am not I'm well below a thousand people. So let's my my ego is being crushed here. Twitter follow me. Trump tried to save Twitter three or four years ago. He did. He saved it for a little while. He gave it a bump, the Trump bump. The Trump bump. But then it's now. I, I, well, I, I think they have a false economy. I do think Twitter's doing okay, but I think that if Trump were to not be president anymore, it would be gone. It would just collapse into like, well, it almost, no point to be on It Twitter. almost collapsed before he came around. Yeah. It was dying. When I moved back to America, everyone was saying, don't, don't worry about Twitter. Twitter's dead. This was uh, mid 2016, right? Yeah. Twitter's dead. Don't worry about it. You got to get Instagram. And then people were like, I think Weber was like, get Snap. And I was like, what's Snap? The world's oldest millennial, he's Weber. Like, he's like, you don't know Snap? But I'm Weber like, didn't know about TikTok because he's not. I didn't. <laughs> well, I, mean, I didn't tell you to get TikTok. He's too old for TikTok. Don't for tell TikTok. him that. I'm sure he'll he'll research it yeah. adamantly. So then I didn't worry about Twitter. And then Trump, all of a sudden, Trump like started blasting on Twitter. And it made this I mean, resurgence. It's, it's like a drug that every single day, it's like he keeps saying, I want to get off Twitter. It's killing my brain. But you can't because something could happen at all moments. But I will say, so for me, and I want to get, and producer Matt's here with us as well. Well, uh, by the way, we have uh, no guest today. We had a guest, and we, we we did have a big name guest, but we had a little medical emergency she had. We booked in a guest, and then the guest had to cancel. She had to last cancel. Second. We're going to reschedule her. We're not making this up. We had a guest. We we know you people out there are sick of us. No, people are not sick of us. <laughs> people want more of us. Oh, I'm just saying well. we don't have a guest, uh, and that's why this podcast is going to be even better today. But producer Matt's filling in, uh, so uh, say hello to the people, producer Matt. So just thinking, you're, you have a thousand followers, and I don't even follow you yet. Wow! wow. We don't know your, we don't know who you are, and we didn't even know you're on social media. You don't promote yourself. I don't really use it, <laughs> hence why I didn't care about following just, anyone because I don't really use it. You like lurk? Occasionally, uh, very occasionally. Like, Want to see if, if your name's mentioned? It's like I, I, the occasional Instagram stalking someone. Or, World, world's youngest boomer. <laughs> world's youngest boomer. <laughs> that's, that's a shirt idea. Yeah. World's youngest boomer with a picture of producer Matt. Weber's the world's oldest millennial. <laughs> Weber's the world's oldest millennial. <laughs> producer Matt doesn't use social media. <laughs> yeah. Still trying to figure but it out. boomers do use social media. They just don't use it properly. They, they use like Facebook. They, they tag use yeah. Facebook. They yeah. don't use Instagram. Like my mom TikTok. tagged me in a, there was like an article on the Irish. Irishman in, in Allentown, Pennsylvania, and she decided to tag me in it. So now I'm getting all the updates. 
For See, no reason. Why? Okay, I- so no, I can tell you what. She's not a real boomer then. Right. She's the world's youngest boomer. <laughs> this is what real boomers do. This is what my, my mom does. If she sees something in the newspaper, she cuts it out oh. and mails it to oh, me. Wow. <laughs> that is well older than that's boomer. More, that's boomer. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that, that's, that's greatest generation level. Yeah, that's greatest generation. My mom's world's youngest greatest, greatest generation. <laughs> Did she fight? In the, what was she doing during the war? Was she making she things in the factory? She, yeah. she was a nursing battalion. <laughs> she was in the Red Cross. You know that Trump's famous for cutting out articles about when people say something nice about him, he's der- and he would like sign it to them. Or this he, is what they do. If he thought something was a really good piece, he would like send a. Yeah, he would do that. He they still cut does it, it out and yeah. mail it. Yeah, to people. That's Trump pre Twitter. <laughs> that's what Trump did. So your mom, world's youngest, <laughs> greatest generation. Yeah. Yeah. Smart. So that's good to know. All right, I want to give a shout out to. Um, uh, so I was I was just in Sacramento, California, doing shows. Uh, I was at Arden Hills. Spa and resort. I thought Ooh. it used to be called Country Club. They upped it to they, Spa and Resort. They added a massage table and big, make it a spa. <laughs> exactly. Big po- big podcast listener, Alan Godlove, came out to the show. Big pod listener. Shout out to Alan. He was telling me he listened that day, and he was very excited. About but he has show. not a Patreon subscriber yet, Alan. He's not a Patreon yeah, subscriber. Yeah, to work, Alan. Five dollars. So, and then, and then uh, five dollars a month. Uh, five dollars a month. And uh, one thing, he said he's coming to Vegas, and I don't know if I have I announced this. I, I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, Matt, have I announced on the podcast why people might be wanting to go to Vegas next year? I don't believe that you have. Because uh, se- November November 16th through 22nd, 2020, I will be performing at the Laugh Factory inside the Tropicana Hotel. Wow. On the Las Vegas Strip, one week in Vegas. Producer Matt, you're coming. Cap's coming. You're opening for Carrot Top, right? I'm opening. No, I'm no. opening. That would be, I, that's next time. Next time. Okay. I'm opening. I'm a featuring for Tom Rhodes. I'm the middle act. Wow. Me nice. and Congratulations. Tom. Thank you very I'm much. I'm in. Yeah. Captain. Randy, I'm going to Vegas next year. Producer I didn't Matt. tell you yet. <laughs> Producer Matt's in. I mean, uh, Blue Shirt's in. Blue Shirt's in. Nice. He already said he was in. Tyler Sparks is in. I think Eric, Eric Wolf will be in. World's Youngest I'm, Greatest big Generation. Myrna Sparks is in. <laughs> Myrna Sparks is in. <laughs> She's already cut out the newspaper reviews. Eric Wolf's in. <laughs> Alan Godlove had heard about it. He's in. Alan Godlove's in. All right. Listen, the, the whole town's in. All right. It's gonna Everybody's be the- coming. Vegas, baby. Vegas. Yay is in. My wife's in. Wow. So everybody book your tickets now. Oh, oh, De'Aaron Roots. I said I hung out with him in Sacramento. He's in. All right. Eric King's in. Eric King's in the whole. I'm yeah. just, now I'm just naming people that no one knows who they are. He could have been Luca Roots, but no. Exactly. <laughs> he, yeah. Oh God, don't bring it up. He's uh, so that's November 16th to 22nd. I think we're gonna have to like. I here's what here's what Darren Root suggested. He said if Kaplan's going and you're going, just do a live pod live from the strip. And he's like, if you're having fifty people f- uh, fly in for it, I mean, literally everyone I tell is coming, so we can go. I think middle of the day we can take the the um, the the comedy club, yeah. the live factory, Let's and do, do a live pod. Matt, you in? I mean, this is a big break. If I can find my way out there. Look at that. World's youngest boomer. He doesn't know how to. to I'll I'll hitchhike, maybe grab a VW van. (laughs) He went to Vegas in his heyday. Road road trip out there in a tie-dye or something. (laughs) He hasn't been there since since the mob left. He's yeah. like, Vegas isn't the same it's since the mob the stuff. Down, it's gone straight downhill. Yeah. <laughs> That's exciting. Yeah, so this is next November, right? Next November. Time to save up some frequent flyer miles. Everybody, plan You have the miles. You're I already... have the miles. I'll get everybody tickets. Yeah, on miles. miles. all tickets. Uh, also, this, uh, much sooner than that, this um, November, uh, December 14th, I'll be at the Fairfield Comedy Club. Joe Garrett's booked me back to oh. perform at the Fairfield Comedy Club. You'll be, uh, you're being opened by the Trump supporter? We, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the intern? The intern. <laughs> I think he's fired. All right. We talked about that well, on the wrap-up wrap show. show. We got this so. on the wrap-up show, people. Get the references. If you want to get the so, references. Hey, can we give a... We haven't given a shout-out yet to a, a guest of ours who's had some big news. Who's that? I saw Esther Steinberg is pregnant. Oh, <laughs> so I want to, mazel tov. future, you know, if she wants to come on the pod and get parenting advice from me... Yes. You know, I know she's a very popular guest. We actually should book her back. <laughs> we should. That's Esther Steinberg ranting about pregnancy. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be a good... Yeah. That'll... Uh, Guaranteed to be our least popular podcast among people west of, I don't west know West of where. the Mississippi. West <laughs> yeah. of New Jersey. West of New Jersey. <laughs> but east of Los Angeles. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, okay. So, and then last thing, Patreon. We've mentioned it, but if you want to get an extra uh, episode of this podcast every single week on Thursday mornings in your podcast feed, the wrap-up show, where we wrap up everything we did on this podcast. Last week, what did we talk about? We had, um, what did we talk about last week? We talked oh, about we, we, Joe's... Uh, well, we, last week actually we wrapped up the you know the Jim Norton pod, the Jim Norton pod, yeah, yeah. and uh, two weeks ago we talked about Joe Garrick's and the party we threw for him at yeah. the Friars Club in New York City. Yeah, and we we just talk you know it's really 
you should get what what Randy Kaplan pointed out as a new Patreon subscribers. If you subscribe now, you might think like you missed out, but you can all the old wrap up shows are on there. So you can yeah, exactly. you, you can get them all. You can see there's a time when uh, live on the air, I had to go pick up my son at, at uh, school because he was sick, supposedly, and hilarity ensued. There's all sorts of things that we could we were talking about going in the weeds. Too hot for TV. Too, Too hot, hot for this. We're pod. going into Turner's career, or music, uh, music career. We're going into a yeah, deep into career. my comedy career. We're going deep into Kaplan's writing into career. We're going into my fall, my writing career that's falling apart. Failing, <laughs> failing, <laughs> failing writing career. We're going into my job. We're going into everything. So. So uh, yeah, so, uh, you go to Patreon, go to LostInAmericaPod.com. There'll be a banner that picks up, that uh, that pops up. You can click that or go to Patreon.com/slash/LostInAmerica. That's it. Should we get to Lost in America? Play the music. Back, Kaplan. You're lost in America this week. What's going on? Well, it's becoming a running series. I don't get away a lot. You know, not like you. You're a globetrotter. You've got shows all over the place. Producer Matt, we know. This guy, I mean, he's every weekend. He was in Philly last weekend, he's telling me. He's uh, in Canada all the time. He's in Canada. He's in Boston. He's discovering his roots. I'm an international man of mystery. Yeah. A a boomer. He's a boomer. Boomers (laughs) boomers have all the wealth. They They like to travel. They like now. Pull pull yourself up on your bootstraps. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, boomer. (laughs) Producer Matt, do you travel in only on, like, tours? I feel like it's a boomer thing. <laughs> okay, it takes like cruise ships, <laughs> like tour groups, and then he thinks he's an expert on the country because he shuts down on a cruise ship for a day for like three hours. <laughs> Let me tell you something about the Incan Empire. <laughs> <laughs> he went to Greece. He went to the port where they like they have the tourist shops, and now he's a. Oh, boomer. Except, you already know him the know-it-all here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so what's so, up, guys? So anyway, so I you know I travel more locally. As we've we've know, so I went a few months ago. I went to the uh, Standard Hotel in uh, in uh, New <laughs> York travel. City. You do travel for locally. a night, very local. The real hipster. What was the uh, fast fat? What was Jared Fried hit a great term for it? I forget what it was, but it, it was a real disaster of a hotel experience. Yeah. So Randy Kaplan, wife, Patreon listener, shout out. <laughs> she uh, had a little in which order? Of <laughs> important mom, <laughs> Patreon listener is most important. Let's be honest. Uh, Two fifty a month. That's my half. So we. Uh, we, she, for my birthday, took me on a little surprise getaway. You know, first we went into the city, went to a show, <laughs> went to a Broadway show, and then we went out to JFK Airport. I didn't know where we were going. I thought, I thought we might be flying to Paris or flying a, you know, I don't know where we're going, but we were going to the TWA Hotel. No, you didn't. Are you kidding me? Which is at the JFK Airport. You guys so went you, on vacation to the airport? Well, so it's really a, a you're, we had a bag packed. You know, she told me to pack a bag. She said just for a night. So I was, but I thought maybe that was part of the surprise. We're going to fly. We're, sure. We're, the, the guy, he's getting closer. He's like, which terminal? You know, I'm like, when the, the, the lift driver, I'm thinking, I don't know. Where could we be going? Maybe we're going to Canada. Maybe we're going to Florida. So we go, but we pull into right before. You're like, literally, it like, you can see the, J, the Jet Blue terminal. You can see where the, that flight, all those. Yeah. Instead, you just pull off into a hotel. Are you kidding me? So it's the old TWA terminal. I don't know how much. Do you remember your TWA? This guy's too. Uh, the boomer here's too young. <laughs> but I watch Catch Me If You Can. I was gonna say if you've seen Catch Me If You Can, exactly. No, I know TWA. I think I flew TWA when I was a kid. Right? Yeah, it was like one of the great American Airlines. Sure. And, and Howard uh, Hughes. Howard Hughes. There you yeah, go. Not, not the one Trump bought. It was the one I think Carl Icahn bought. Wait, and so you, wait. So you can, so they, basically they went out of business, I believe in about 2001, 2002. Um, and it's just been sitting there for about 15 years. And they decided somebody, real, real entrepreneurial spirit, decided to buy it and turn it into a hotel. So you can stay there for the, so in theory, it's, it's an like, airport hotel. It's an airport hotel. So if your flight is, you know, delayed or canceled and you're stuck at the airport, or if you have an early morning flight the next day, it's practical, right? I, or, under, I understand how airport hotels work. Yeah, when you're, <laughs> when you're going to the airport, or if you want to be a real hipster, I think a real no, a real instant because it's what it is. Is it's a um, and first off, I want to get off the from the top as a, f- a hotel review. It's a much nicer hotel than the standard. Blows it away. Very comfortable bed. Does you know a really nice place. So it's not the standard, and it's not. Uh, there's no poet in residence. So none of that nonsense. Okay. No no letters to your congressman or here's okay. a phone call. 
But yeah, it's a really it's Instagrammable. I would say from the bat from the start. It's like there's pictures ev- like right outside the hotel. There's like an old car, like you know every every inside there's a bunch of old automobiles, old this old luggage, old. There's a newsstand where there's. Um, Really old magazines. Okay. This just sounds like a dive motel right now. Yeah, this sounds... There's a lot of old beaten up stuff. Well, no, it's, so it's, There's old stuff everywhere. So the, 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 the terminal went on, you know, for many years, but it's, I guess it opened in 1962. So they're basically you're trapped in 1962 is the okay. gist of it. So every newspaper and, and magazine is from 1962. I think the cars are all from that year. The, um, the Beatles... The official soundtrack of this place is they're playing all Beatles pretty much, but it's only early Beatles. Okay. It's all Beatles from like 61, 63 oh, that's, gap. Uh, <laughs> producer Boomer gen- is generation. <laughs> Sounds like they're really making America great again with this place. Yeah. So I said to, you know, we were eating at dinner and we had been there for hours. Yeah, do they have and, different and fountains? I, and I just keep hearing the same, like I heard Love Me Do like six times already. And I love the Beatles, but I was going a little crazy. So I said to this waiter who was a really happy guy, he's like, how do you deal? Is this every day? He's like, yeah. It's like, how do you deal with this? The Beatles, every single day, the same exact songs. But also, it was like a Truman Show, or like, it's like a Groundhog Day. You're just like over and over again reliving it. But Kaplan, also, I, you're at the airport. Like, are can you just hear planes landing and taking off all the time? You can, you can see planes. So that's the, the thing. whole reason why. Wait, wait. So there's two different types of rooms. The rooms that have uh, runway views and the rooms that have like um, airport views. So the runway views, I, you could see planes. Yeah, you could see planes taking off and landing. There's a pool, which is open year-round. We went to. It was heated. We didn't go in. But you could sit on the pool and watch planes taking off and landing. It's pretty cool, actually. Great for kids, I would think. This is, okay, we know that in every city in the United States, the least <laughs> desirable place to live, a.k.a. the cheapest place to live, <laughs> is right on, right next door to the airport. Right. I can't imagine anyone in their right mind wanting to go to the airport without actually having well, to go to the airport. Well, that's what I find amazing, because everybody... Cause all you can hear is playing... Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's why Queens. That's why uh, the Chinatown developed uh, out by um, Flushing and Segre- yeah, yeah, Flushing it's, out by because it's, it's right next to LaGuardia Airport because it was the cheapest place for Chinese people to love, live when they came to America. Now some asshole <laughs> genius has flipped this and tried to gotten millennials to stay at the airport. It's really genius, it's, and it's not just stay, but there's some people I think come to just like go to the bar and hang out. Like we saw these people. It was like it's also it was like Halloween. People were in costume and. For people who don't live in New York City, it takes an hour from anywhere to get to JFK Airport. Right. It's not convenient. I mean, you can go by, <laughs> if you go, if you go by taxi or Uber, it's expensive. You go by, uh, uh, public transportation to pain so you gotta take like an air train to another I train live in a, Brooklyn yeah. and it takes me an hour and 15 minutes to get to the right, so we're gonna Randy we're gonna invite we're trying to find the people to maybe meet us up for drinks but I'm like no one's gonna come <laughs> to the airport we thought about you actually but but that, that's the thing you talk about millennials and there are people myself included you're taking photos with the like the airport in the background and planes in the background, but you would never like if you were at the airport and you were going to fly somewhere, you wouldn't be like, Oh my God, let's take a picture. There's a plane in the background. Not unless it's your first time ever flying. <laughs> yeah, you've like from, you or, grew up under a rock and you're, you're, like, like, you're like a caveman unfrozen. And you're or like, you're like a five-year-old. Yeah. Five-year-old pretty much. <laughs> so they even have a plane. They have an old original plane from like the first year of the airline. That's like on the tarmac. That doesn't run anymore that you can go up. And you can have drinks, and you can have like cheese plates and snacks. And we walked in and saw it, but we did not do this. Guess why? It was sold out. Randy tried for like weeks no. in advance to get a reservation. The restaurant, the the restaurant on the plane, the like bar on the plane, is so popular that you couldn't even get a table. We took like a, they took our information like waiting list, but we didn't, we didn't get in. And then, and then the the uh, the bless you, the dinner we went to, the one, there's some real opportunity if this place explodes to like. Have like food courts with like um, all like Italy kind of or smorgasbord kind of hipstery places. I think because right now all they got is like you know, like the high end food courts. Yeah, they have like a halal guy, a bagel place, a panini. They don't have a lot of options, but they have one nice restaurant. So it's like you're basically eating there, and um, we're eating there. How and, many days were you guys there? We were there one night. Oh, okay. And the whole restaurant starts going nuts, and everyone's cooing and eyeing, and they're all cheering, and they're all looking up at, like, windows. And I, I said to the waiter, because we had a bad seat, because we we're, like, off the side. I'm like, what's going on? And he's like, oh, this is known as – this and the Standard Hotel are known as the most uh, – I forget the word he used, but basically the best I- exhibitionist hotels – in New York City, where people are always having sex outside with the windows, you can see it from the restaurant. What? Or nudity? Yeah, and uh, and people, and I was like, oh, people maybe don't know. He's like, no, they know. It's like a known thing. You go there, like people who apparently want 
people to see them having sex or they don't care. Are you so, serious? So they're in their room and everyone at the restaurant can see what's going on. And he's like, yeah, those, there's these really cool leather, red leather chairs, like right by the window that I thought were pretty comfortable when I first got there. And he's like, yeah, those chairs, those are, that's a real popular item. So I was like, oh, gross. <laughs> I gotta go wash myself. This whole thing so this, is baffling so, to me. I feel like. And I, I mentioned it at the standard, by the way, I did mention the standard, how you could like, the whole city can watch you if you're not like careful. Yeah. So, yeah. But it would go off. Sorry. Is this. So in my head, if I said over under six months, this thing goes out of business, what would you take? Oh, it's over. It's going to be in business for a couple of years. These, these trends, because I feel like it's early. I feel like a lot of people don't know about it. You didn't know about like, no, I feel like I it's mean, gonna... I've, I've been to the airport and I've seen the TWA hotel. Yeah. But in my head, I forgot that TWA didn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought like, oh, that airline has a hotel. No. I like if it was like the United Hotel. There's a lot of room for growth. Like I think they, they, they the before, like I mentioned, they can definitely get more food places in there and get more bars in there and make it cooler. They but can, who's going? I don't. They get can it. also capture a different audience. Like they have these women who are dressed up in old school flight attendant outfits, okay. who are like there to help you. You ask for information. Like they have a, the baggage check is where the hotel checks in, but they all dress like old school. I like hate Mad all Men of style. this. This is insane. But if you were, you, you think about an entrepreneur spirit here. If you ran like a an escort service out of this place, <laughs> I mean, if you get these, it's like a great thing. You have these girls in these old nineteen sixty two flight attendant outfits sure. with a pack of Lucky Strike cigarettes, Mad Men. Mad Men style. style. You could at the bar. You're at a hotel bar. You could really you could clean up, and then you throw in the exhibitionist. Because when bar, people everyone, when people like to frequent uh, yeah. brothels, they like it to be a, a like a chic 1960s vibe. Well, it's you got to have an angle. This is our angle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this there was no. You think of it this way. Would people have laughed at the idea of bringing ice cream to China, ice cream trucks to China before it happened? They probably would have. They probably would have. But that didn't stop you. Didn't stop. All right, I'm in. <laughs> so until the, until the, and then the JFK mafia rubs us out and says, that's our terrain, or the actual mafia yeah, might exactly. actually. It's, uh, Wait, yeah. so Cap, um, the, the, this reminds me of, you know this idea we had a long time ago, this billion dollar idea. Of, do you remember we read that story where there was one blockbuster video left in America? Yeah, in like Alaska and, or somewhere. Yeah, in Oregon. And we wanted to buy the brand blockbuster video and then open um, like small movie the- like a books like movie sell DVDs in the front, but it really it's like a, a small movie, like a fifty seat movie theater where yeah. you play old old school movies, but you call it blockbuster video. Right, right. I feel <laughs> like that would work under this. With these same idiots who are going to, no offense, but who are going to this hotel, who are I'm, staying at the DWA hotel. Give it time. I think the more time, like, we, like it wasn't like the TWA didn't go out of business yesterday. It was like 15 years ago. So wait a little bit on Blockbuster. The next generation's going to, they're going to, they're going to be in for that. They're going to want Blockbuster. They're going to want to do like a whole night at a. Like they'll go see, you go see an, indi- like an independent movie theater. Yeah. But it's small, like maybe a hundred seats, like the size of a, a comedy club in New York City. But it's, uh, but it's called Blockbuster Video. And you can buy right. CD, you can buy like uh, tapes, VCR VHS, VHS, like all you that kind of out, stuff. You brew owls around and pick them out and yeah, get the whole exactly. experience. I mean, they had, uh, you know, they have like, you I can- mean, for the boomers, it would remind them yeah. of the times past. Yeah, boomer. <laughs> you like, <laughs> you like a video store. So I was like, uh, this weekend, I was actually driving down to Philly. And we're driving through some small town in Pennsylvania, and we I noticed an adult bookstore, and it has a sign saying, "Oh, we have porn viewing booths inside," <laughs> which is like the ultimate throwback. Like, I've been watching the dudes on HBO now. I'm like, oh my god, that that still exists somewhere in this world. That's pre Giuliani, New York yeah, City. Is that in, is that Allentown, PA? Because next time I'm home, I'll check it out. Oh, it was know. some random place. We're like on 95 or some whatever road it was, and <laughs> like we had to get off for gas, and just like got. There's like a random train going through the middle of town that makes no sense. And <laughs> the place just was forgotten we, by time. The forgot, that sounds like Allentown. It sounds like a lot of places <laughs> in Pennsylvania. It, it was smaller and more run down than Allentown, I think. Were there a lot of MAGA hats? Because that's. See, I didn't see. <laughs> but there, weren't many, there weren't many people. No. Oh, okay. Well, it that's what, just, maybe it's Bethlehem. That, you're driving, I'm about to go in a kid's. Um, we're recording before Thanksgiving, but I'm about to drive for hours down to with the kids. Uh, I was telling you, you got to stop so many times when you're with children on the way to Washington, D.C. Maybe I'll st- I mean, give me the exit number. You know, we got uh, we're getting gas, honey, and I'll check out the little bookstore. <laughs> <laughs> she'll, she'll, have some, she'll take the kids to the bathroom. You'll... We're getting gas, honey. <laughs> kids got to pee. You'll sneak uh, in. They have a bathroom in here. Teddy, come on, I, I, I education go, time. I need to go relieve myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knew? Yeah, that that could be. Those all, we'll make a list of all these throwback ideas because it is. I mean, people are fascinated by like you walk around like they have like Howard Hughes desk. And some of the items you see are like, oh, that's pretty interesting. So it's kind of like a museum. It's like a museum, but some of the things are just like, oh, that's just like a, a glass of whiskey. But like, it's cool because it's like, but the whole that thing used to about, have a glass of whiskey on a The desk. whole thing about all this stuff is it went out of business because it sucked. 
That's the whole reason things yeah. don't go out of business because everyone loves them. Well, so the whole point now is you wait for you let your thing. So I should reopen Mr. Softy in China in like yeah. ten years. Yeah, it'll be cool. although the government would just take it yeah. again. Uh, but uh, that's it, is that like it's all like oh it's just nostalgia nostalgia it's nostalgia everything yeah you love I mean there was a guy we actually met somebody there who was he took a picture of us and we started talking to him he was I think I don't know if he was staying at the hotel or not or just visiting but he worked for TWA for many years and he was his first time back and he was like he said to me we're sitting in that catch me if you can terminal actually or it looked like that one I'm not sure um, and um, you know do you remember the movie where yeah. Tom Hanks runs yeah, down yeah. yeah so it's on TV like every day so but. The guy starts telling me how, yeah, this was one of my jobs was um, they would print the flight list, like the list of all the passenger list. Yeah. And I would have to get it and run it to the pilot. He needed it before takeoff. But sometimes it would come up really late. Like before the internet, they didn't have, the pilot didn't have a list of all the passengers that were Whoa. on the flight. So he'd run down this hallway every day. It was like a sprint. And then he got like promoted to something else. That was like his original job. Well, this is the it, era of when like travel agents were like a big, they were like celebrities. Yeah. Because you would have to call, you could, yeah. to book a flight, you'd have to go through a travel agent. Nah, Myrna Sparks yeah. ruled the roost. It ruled the world, the youngest, greatest generation. Really, <laughs> this is the golden era for them. <laughs> Sacramento. So, All right, yeah, but I'm sure he was feeling nostalgia about this. Like, yeah. So anyway, so we get we have hate mail. We have yeah. We're gonna we're gonna have to dive because we don't have guesses. We're gonna have to dive deep into this hate. Well, mail this make. is the longest hate mail we've ever had. It's, a, it's more of a manifesto. All right, hate manifesto music. Play it's it. A diatribe. <laughs> yeah, play the music. Don't hate. All right, I love the hate mail music. Yeah. It's really, I think, I mean, it's, uh, you know, besides the uh, De'Aaron Roots originals in there, it's mm-hmm. really some of the best music on the pod. It's, I mean, I think all the music's great. I think we should release a soundtrack. We should. Maybe for Patreon users of $25 a month or something. <laughs> That's a great <laughs> idea. you an old CD. We we'll don't bring. have rights to half of it. Uh, but, well, we, we have verbal, like, you can play this on the podcast, wait, right? Well, we just play the, the but clip. But not to just resell <laughs> wait, the it. the soundtrack wasn't the full song, it was just the clip we used. <laughs> be like a two-minute soundtrack all right so here's the here's the music i mean here's here's the um so here's the the hate mail i'm gonna make notes while you read because i know it's about me producer matt strap in for this it's two pages first <laughs> this is real this i want to 100 real hate mail cap on it has to do well i'm just gonna read it hey guys used to love the pod real hate mail. <sighs> Hey guys, used to love the pod. That is until hearing Kaplan's bastardized breakdown of his son's soccer team, not using anything remotely close to the right terminology. I was bleeding from my ears. There's no such thing as a blitz, quote unquote blitz in soccer. It's called a high press, similar to a full court (laughs) press in basketball. Kaplan, do you really say blitz? Like I a football blitz? I just say things. I don't remember things that come out of my mouth. Unless you have played me a clip, I didn't say it. I just, like Trump, I didn't say it. Also, no. you live, didn't you live, I thought you were a soccer fan. I'm a fan. Of, I'm like a, no, I'm not really a fan. I pretend to be a fan. <laughs> Did you play I growing video up games. as a kid? Yeah, do you think in Pennsylvania they know the right terminology? I mean, oh my, my dad was my coach. <laughs> also, wait, I'll have a full response later, but who's to say that I don't run a – I've advanced – I'm a, an innovator. Have a full There was no zone later. read in football before. There was no new plays. I Maybe I invented the blitz. <laughs> and, and keep in mind, a blitz, a blitz always beats the French, and the French are the best team in soccer right now. The who? The French. The yep. Blitzkrieg got right through them. Oh. The Blitzkrieg. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Boomer knows the... Uh, Boomer knows the Blitzkrieg <laughs> references. I, okay, here we're going to keep going. This yeah. thing is a blitz in soccer. It's called a high press. Similar. To, I like how he's explaining it. Simil, similar to a full court press in basketball. This is all... I'm just... I want to say that I'm on his side here because... You say an over when you start talking about soccer, you say an overwhelmingly amount of wrong things, but you say them with such like pace, fast pace that I don't have time to stop you and correct mm. every single word. I don't. I mean, producer Matt's not correcting me. I don't think it, there's an error. Or he goes, I know my place. <laughs> All right. For this thing is a blitz in soccer. It's called a high press, similar to a full court press in basketball. Or defenders converging on your player as a pass is coming to him is called applying pressure, not blitzing. Moreover, the other team does not steal the ball. 
If your player does not quote unquote steal the ball, if your player has possession of the ball at his feet, the defender can tackle it off of him. I can't. I, this is, and it does not have to be a slide tackle. Anytime you're in possession, the defender takes control of the ball off you. They tackle it off you. Kaplan, I, you're a soccer coach. I, see, first of all, you're no a manager. Steal me, the you're b- a manager. So you wouldn't use the word steal the ball if I was dribbling it in soccer and you took it from me. You wouldn't say you stole it from me. I don't know. You I don't you remember. Me? I, I, now that I remember, I think it's tackle. But I, I think that's one I kind of forgot as well. And also, we're talking but about I'm not coaching seven-year-olds who don't really. They don't actually. When they try to do slide tackles, it's pretty funny. But they never actually connect. So, all right. Let yeah. me wait. Let me continue. Uh, and, and, and anytime you're in possession of the defender, and anytime you're in possession and the defender takes control of the ball, they tackle it off of you. In the words he says, in the words of Blue Shirt Esquire, you're a moron. Mm. Cute sound effect. When it when it comes to uh, goal kicks which you mentioned your team fails at every time or any ball launches across the field or any loose ball where neither team really has possession. It's called a 50, 50 ball. I think I knew that. All right. One player from each team goes after it and wins it or loses it. In your team's case, it's painfully clear you, you lose every 50, 50 ball. That is true. That was true. Uh, you are the Braveheart ball. Wait, he keeps going. You are a disgrace to the entire U.S. soccer community and are the sole reason the U.S. did not qualify for Russia in 2018. And you were the Russian son. Yes, well, that's why I didn't want us to qualify. I wanted the Russians to win. You say you're part of the alt-middle? Erroneous. I think you're a far-left commie spy here to infiltrate and ruin America's worldwide soccer reputation. I think it's the other way around. I think the, I mean, the left wants us to be into soccer, so he's got it wrong. I'm a far-right spy. In addition, <laughs> in addition, it's not the sideline. It's called the touchline. There's no drop. There's no quote unquote drive in soccer. It's called an attack. That I did know. I said it, but I do you know that's called it a drive. I know. Sometimes I just my, I'm thinking of a sports terms. <laughs> I know it's not a drive. That I do know. It's called an attack. Uh, or this guy, I love how he just, I'm pretty sure he took notes on all of these. Yeah. Or the other team could could be on a counterattack, like a fast break off a steal in your NBA bullshit hipster lingo. <laughs> <laughs> I will push back a little bit. There's nothing. There's no sport more hipster than soccer. Yeah, exactly. Whoever this Your is. team knows nothing about this, of course. Your team. Well, he's talking about Teddy's team. Now, those are fighting words, but we'll get to that. Continue. Yeah, your team knows nothing about this, of course. Don't let me get... Uh, don't tell me it doesn't matter or I'm nitpicking either. Would you say... A Bryce Harper Grand Slam is worth four points. So for people who aren't baseball fans, in baseball it's runs. And yes, I would be, if someone said points in baseball, I would correct them. This is how you sound to to our our listener here. I recommend a straight red card for butchering every sentence you uttered, displaying your gross incompetence. And as you know, quote unquote, Coach Kaplan, a straight red means an automatic three-point episode suspension. Three-podcast episode. Three-podcast episode <laughs> suspension, which every soccer fan listening to you would unwaveringly support. <laughs> <laughs> this guy wants you kicked off the pod for I mean, three that's weeks. stern. Producer Matt and I can do it. We can do a two-man pod. Mm. Your son's, right, I'm out. I'll leave right can, now. Can I be the referee and get uh, red cards and yellow cards here for you guys? That would be yeah. great. Oh, factual red cards, yellow cards, yeah. Your son's team's problems all stem from your unprofessionalism. Get your head out of your ass and go run some laps. Signed, Drew Pals in Des Moines, the host of the greatest soccer podcast in the world, On the Counter, the voice of the American soccer fan, available everywhere you get podcasts. Wow. Good job, Drew. Nice plug in the end there. Yeah, he plugged in. That's how you do it. I want to tell all our listeners, that's that's how you get a plug. That's how you get on the pod. That's how you get a plug. Dressed you down. I want to come on his pod. I'm going to have to listen to his pod now and uh, find some things to write a letter about. So it's genius. On the Counter Podcast, the voice of America and the soccer fan available everywhere you get podcasts. I mean, look, I want to say a few things. I never have advertised myself as a genius. of the. I, I did not want to coach this season, if you recall. <laughs> I begged to not be a coach. And and they did needed me. This the is team, your third season. This is my th- well. If we go on the first time I coached, I signed up to assistant coach, and no one else signed up to assistant coach. So I became the head coach. Okay. Um, the second. When t- was that? What year? That was two years ago now. So, so we're gonna go. Teddy was what? Five. Teddy was five then. Five year old. Then Teddy. when he was six, I um, basically signed up to be an assistant coach, 
and the head coach got an injury halfway through the season. <laughs> an injury. He, he couldn't coach anymore. He couldn't, what happened? Like, did, they, did someone slide tackle him? into him? <laughs> and so I had to coach the team. I'm, I'm a serious man from Des Moines came and uh, attacked him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Drew Pels in Des Moines attacked Actually, him. I don't even think I was an assistant coach. I stepped up right to head coach. I was oh, wow. promoted because I don't know. So it was a real tough one because the kids You're didn't know You're interim, interim. It was real hard to get authority. And then this year, yeah, I signed up. I really enjoyed last two years I wasn't a coach. And this year, I nobody was signing up. I signed up to be the team manager, which is a great gig because team manager, you send out, you're in charge of snack duty. Oh, yeah, that's fun. You send out email, reminder emails as a game. Get it's fruit easy. roll ups. I feel like you're involved. Yeah, orange but slices. It backfired because nobody would be a coach. They were going to cancel our team. So I had to do it to save the team. I had to be one of the coaches. Nice. I wasn't the head coach. I was uh, Coach Daniel Fine. But um, Ber- Bernie, Bernie Fine's Fine. cousin. But look, he makes some points. Uh, I think. <laughs> he makes some points. So, but you know, I want to. I want to get back to the, the overall thing that he's blaming me for the team. We haven't won any games. Well, wait. Can I? Can I? Can I support him a little bit? Yeah. Here? All right, go so on. you just laid out for us that this is your third season as head coach of this team, or, or as co- coach, coach in yes. some so, in some on way. the coaching staff. I understand that your coach when you were a child was Dr. Bob Kaplan. One year he was. Yeah. Not, not necessarily. I, I'm assuming a soccer history buff. <laughs> or a uh, strategic uh, wizard, not a George what, uh, Seifert, not the genius. Oh, wait, uh, look at you, George Seifert. Uh, <laughs> Bill Walsh. Jose Mourinho. Is yeah, he, yeah. Not the, soccer not the, reference. Not the genius. Um, but you've had this. You've had three years to learn the difference between a drive and an attack. Yeah, and a slide tackle and a steal. The thing is, is that there's this yin and yang in this league because you're supposed to. Learn. Um, I, re- I mean, I remember you telling me about throw-ins. Well, yeah. So there's two different things. Your whole thing was that your team. It was, the lead, well, yeah, my whole team was throw it out of bounds, <laughs> which seems impossible because you're standing out of bounds. I know, but it's better than giving it to the other team. We got a lot better at that, but more than that in a second. But how but, do you throw out of? You'd have to like curve it in bounds and then back right, out. Or of just bounds. throw it down the sideline. But if you happen to throw it out of bounds, what? It's it's fine. <laughs> um, here's the thing. There's two different things. So that's strategy. We're supposed to be developing these kids fundamentally. So every week there's these clips they send you or they send the head coach, a game plan, things to work on, um, you know, with dribbling or passing or using the other side of your foot, using your off foot, whatever. Who sends this? The uh, league? The league, does. league office? The league office sends them. They come down. But if you watch these, you, I would tell every all of our pedophile or soccer fans <laughs> out there, go to look up like under eight soccer drills for boys on YouTube. <laughs> And if you watch these drills, they're so orderly. It's like expectations versus reality. So as a, co- as a young coach, you think, oh, that's a good drill. That'll t- click off 10 minutes of practice. I can run that drill. I can do that. And then you try to control these seven-year-old maniacs. And they just – it doesn't work. Like they, they don't yeah. understand. They're running around. One kid's booting the ball into – seven fields over one kids they're all a little special in their way <laughs> they're, they're all teddy my son's never listening he's always difficult he's flailing his son his, he just likes to kick really hard so his shoe comes flying off like he knows how to do that and i'm like tying his shoe he knows how to do that so it's what's a, that called drew pels yeah exactly what's the move there so it's always a mess trying to teach these kids anything so then you then the other thing is to just try to teach simple strategy because you want them to win or be in the games because they're more interested if the games are close. And we've had a lot of losing games. Can I make a basic suggestion? Yeah. This is three years late. I could have given you this three yeah. years ago. But you just you just uh, explained I, – I understand the problem now. This is what they used to do when I was a kid is the first, like, half hour of practice is just running. And so once you run the kids out, once they get super tired, then uh-huh. you start doing foot drills because they, they're not going to go they, – they don't have any energy anymore to, like, lose – lose focus yeah right so then they're more focused because they're other they can't just run around and kick their shoe off because they're exhausted and so then they can actually pay attention to whatever run them into the ground yeah run them into the ground for a half hour and then go into whatever basic strategy you got yeah that's the thing you want to do that it's you never know with kids though then they could just not want to play they could be tired (laughs) well this is big league sports. Yeah, because like we had, uh, I get off on a tangent, but we had this turkey trot over the weekend. A kid, you know, you remember? Did you do that in school? Like the 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 you run. It's like a charity raising money for the PTA so we could pay for Chinese program we don't have. Oh, so it's like we a, ran uh, for the president's uh, fitness test uh, or something. I think we had this in Pennsylvania too. It's like right before Thanksgiving, something parent dresses up like a turkey. The kids run oh. a mile and a half. No, we didn't. Have and that. Teddy Kaplan sees a friend there before it starts, and him and this kid are just on the field, just running sprints, like they're playing Sonic Dash. They call before. it before. And I'm like, kid, you're gonna run yourself out. Yeah. And then they get into the race, and I see like halfway through, Teddy's walking, and I was like, this is. Uh, they don't understand how to pace yourself. So you're right. Running them around can help tire them out a little bit. 
but you just got to know the it's really it's just a very complicated with these the kids of this age that's why I, I don't know if drew pels as a he's an ex i have no doubt he knows his soccer bona fides are great yeah with dealing with adults or even older teenagers maybe but, here's, here's an idea oh, sorry go ahead but well it was gonna say does he want to guess coach that's what i was thinking maybe put up or shut up time mr drew fly into new york city fly into new york city guess coach stay at the twa or uh, stay hotel, the TWA hotel <laughs> and uh if you can guarantee a victory maybe i'll uh put some flip pay for the bill for that i don't know we'll, we'll have to figure this next season because this was so you know we hadn't won a game all year and then i received this fan mail comes in i would love to see drew pell's guest coach your team yeah i should have drew pell's guest coach team after I, I don't know this guy but i'm sure he knows something he knows blitz so we hadn't won we <laughs> teddy kaplan announced he was never going to play again or not going to take a season off he was going to take a season off because you hadn't won a single game yeah it, it could be demoralizing not yeah. to win a single and meanwhile game. You know, I'm I, this. this well, they won one, but when you weren't there, not this team. This oh, team hasn't okay. won at all. Okay, and I've been there all the games, except you know, not to. Uh, this doesn't help my case as a coach, but I skipped the last practice of the season because uh, we were recording the Jim Norton podcast, and I was like huge guest, and I, okay. I, I didn't want to. So I was all I was like, well, I'll skip soccer practice for that. Okay, um, and then uh, we came, but I, I gathered the team around before the last game. And I, I said, uh, you know, usually the head coach gives him a speech. Well, who coaches Who's coaches the practice in your absence? Well, coach, our head coach runs the practice, and then I— Oh, you're not the head coach. I'm the assistant coach, yeah, but yeah, I, would, yeah. I run him when he's not there. I see. Those, those, are always go, those always go well. <laughs> I, can't even, I can't even get these, these goals that they bring us, these, like, temporary goals. It takes me half the practice to figure out how to open them and then to get them and then to find a way to keep them down when it's windy or when the ball—like, you put your backpack on it, and then the, it's not heavy enough. There's a lot you, involved in soccer. a lot in involved soccer. in soccer, and these kids are all— all over the place, and there's, there's kids who aren't even playing. There's all these kids are practicing, not just our team. So it's chaos everywhere, and there's other kids who are just playing. And it's it's really you, if you want to find a way to kill yourself after a long day at work, go to a <laughs> soccer practice. So just really, you wish you're at work, you wish you're anywhere. So, but the kids like it, so you know. So, yeah. so I gathered around the troops. I said, you know, <laughs> I said, troops? coach, can I, I I give them the pregame talk? He usually gives the pregame talk. Yeah. And I just pulled out this letter. Inspiration. I got oh, the fan mail and I read this to them. You read them the riot act. I read them. Well, I said, this is what the coach, this is what they think of you, and this is what they think of your coach. <laughs> it's mostly about you, Captain. It's, mostly it's about not about me. them. But it's you know, actually zero percent about but, Well, them. it says your team, it's painfully clear you lose every 50-50 ball. I said, Are we gonna lose oh, every 50-50 ball this week? That's or true. are we gonna get them all? And they said, We're gonna get them all. There was a lot of cheering, a lot of emotion, a lot of fire in the hearts of these young men. Yeah. And you know what they did? What they do? And I also told them this Teddy Kaplan. I gave him a second talk. I said, "This Teddy Kaplan, if you want, the, you want to see this kid in the battlefield next spring. He's about gotta, to quit on he's you. He's about to quit on you." <laughs> <laughs> and these kids came out. When they go and get stuff. Yeah. He quits. <laughs> go and get stuff. He quit. <laughs> this this team came out with a spirit you wouldn't believe. A hunger, a fight. I I just knew from the get go. I said, "This is our day." The music was playing in the background, the soundtrack, and we just. Dun, dun, I felt dun, I felt dun, I felt a little sorry dun, for the team on the other side of that battlefield. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and what happened? An eleven to four stomping Whoa! in favor of the sharks. Whoa! The baby sharks. The baby sharks became men. Wow! <laughs> and, and, it, and it's amazing how quickly these kids change when they win into total. Like, you feel sorry. You're, you really want them to win when they're losing. They seem so likable. Yeah. The second they become winners, they're a bunch of assholes. Really? <laughs> you know, the, I was saying this before. They act like they're like well, Kobe the goal, Bryant. You know, I was saying the thing with the goal kicks. He's talking about the 50-50 ball. What was driving me nuts was that the reason I was saying that we lose them is because they kick the ball and these other kids have a good player were just so aggressive they would just run and steal the ball and our kids wouldn't know how to control it. Yeah. And I don't know what the rules. I'm sure Drew Pels knows what the rules of how far back you're supposed to stand. Nobody, the refs never enforced any rule of like how far back you should stand if someone's kicking a goal kick or a corner kick. Oh, yeah. It's just, there should be a specific amount of feet. Yeah, we, we would say. So in our games, uh, when we play good teams, they would steal it all the time. They'd, they'd steal your free kicks? They would steal our goal kicks because they would just run to like the kid the kid was obviously kicking to and just run in and take the pass off. And then that's where we were losing a lot of goals. Well, once you know it, we have the lead. And our team's doing the same exact thing to this team. Good. <laughs> and guess who's the number one leader of this? It's Teddy Kaplan. He's and our coach is telling Teddy, stand back. He's giving him an arbitrary this blue line. He's like, which is like kind of the offsides line if they were enforcing that. Yeah. Whatever. I know it's. I just got that wrong. It's not a rule. It's made up a the line. The blue line. What is this, hockey. <laughs> I, 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 hockey. It's hockey. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Icing. So, which I don't even know anything Drew about. Drew in know your more. head now. Yeah, he's in my head. So he's telling him to stand back. The blue line. Teddy's like putting one foot behind it, one foot in front of it. 
But he's not even Teddy's not good at being at doing this because he's actually letting a defender like they kick into the kid he should be guarding and he's not even paying attention. He's trying to be an asshole so much. So and they're trying to be an and every time so we much. score a goal, we're running around, we're taunting, we're announcing the score, really? rubbing it in. Oh my god! Our coach had to take off our two best players in the fourth quarter just for to, taunting. No, just so we wouldn't score too many goals. We called oh. off the dogs. Oh wow! So uh, and Teddy and Teddy actually. Uh, you know, a little cool guy that he is. There's a girl from his class, I think, who's playing girl soccer, and, and she sees Teddy, and her and two girls were cheering for Teddy in the fourth quarter. Oh, wow. And they were screaming. Te- and then there was a moment, I had it on a video even, because it was the end of the year, and he he was right in front of the goal, and like a hog, he had the ball. I was like, he's going to score the last goal of the season. They were going nuts. But once you know it, somebody blocked it. So he uh, missed it. So well, he, that's he, right. They got the win. Team were, win. Team win. It's a team win. And, uh, and yeah, so there you go, Drew. We won. I, as we told the kids afterwards, this is the championship game. And Teddy's going to play next year? This is our bowl year? game. He's going to play next year. We end with momentum. If we were going into the playoffs right now, we no one would want to face us. We're the team nobody, no one wants to face. Nobody <laughs> wants to face you. You got enough wins to avoid relegation. Yeah, we're not winning relegation. Wouldn't that be great if they relegated you to, like, the girls' division? <laughs> <laughs> or, like, the under five, the kindergartners? That would be amazing. <laughs> Teddy has to play the kids, like, the five-year-olds next year. Yeah, I mean, with basketball, you know, I got an even. He's playing basketball in the, in the winter, and they, they said that they have too many kids in Teddy's age if they want to volunteer to play the first graders. And the time isn't good, but I was like, oh, that'd be great for his confidence if he plays with the first graders. Yeah, move, you know, move down. His height is not exactly uh Yeah. He's a, he can play with the first graders. No one would notice. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, there we are. We won. <laughs> no Take that, one. Drew. Some, uh, we're winners. Uh, Coach Fine, thank you. You did a great season. You know, <laughs> I, Fine. you know, he was always, you know, I, 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 he was always the one saying uh, uh, goal kick when he meant corner kick. Like every time we have, <laughs> he'd be like, all right, kids, goal kick. That's such I'm a like, basic. I'm like corner kick. That's such a basic thing. And these know. other teams all realize that that's what I was asking about the spacing. You know, you watch real soccer with a corner kick. Usually they, you know, they, they kick it into the box. Yeah. You know, um, sometimes when they're trying to, at the end of the games, trying to kill possession, they, they kick a, a shorter kick, I notice. Yeah. But in our games, these kids would, uh, a lot of times a defensive player would stand right in front of you. And no one would, and I was like, it's like kind of a loophole. This could go on all day. You just kick it and the kid just kicks it out of bounds. It just keeps going. Yeah. Because someone's standing there. There's apparently no rule against that. Uh, they got to fix real, that. Yeah. But, and our kids never understood. Like, Teddy would always stand, like, on the baseline. Like, cl- is it the baseline? <laughs> it's not in line. In line. Closest to the goal. And he put his hands out, and then the kid would kick it to him. And it's like, what are you going to do with the ball there? You can't go around the goal, like, in hockey to score. You're kind of in a useless position. But, but uh, and, you know, right, and, and well, we've been playing a lot of, oh, this is our off-season training program. Last thing I'll say, we've been, we got the Nintendo Switch uh, Mario Sonic. <laughs> Mario Sonic Olympic game. Because FIFA is too realistic for my coaching and for Teddy's cap. Okay. So we're playing a soccer game. It's four on four when you're Mario, you're Sonic, you're Knuckles. A video you're game. Sa- yeah, it's not exactly all the rules aren't there, but, but Teddy's mastered. It's also not real soccer. Not real, but you're still learning the game and t- oh, okay. learning a little bit. And Teddy's mastered the dance. Like every time they do a goal, he does the exact same dance each character does around the, the house. Tommy. It's most important. So he's going to become a goal scorer. I think he's, he's always wanted to be a defensive player. I think this game's making him a goal scorer. In the spring, yeah. you're going to see him. New kid. There we go. Dancing yeah. through uh, Long Island City. And I'm going to learn all the terms. I'm going to listen to the Drews, to Drews podcast to learn all the terms in the offseason. That sounds good. Should we get to the news? I think so. News time. Play the music. Back first story of the week comes to us from the Telegraph. I think is I don't know if that's in the UK or not. Is it? Is it important really? Secret Santa causes too much anxiety for working millennials. Boomer, what we do you have, have to, to say about that? <laughs> A boomer in residence, All youngest boomer. <laughs> it says millennials may not be able to handle the pressure of Secret Santa games at work because they fear they'll be labeled stingy. Here's the thing: Secret Santa is when you um, it you can steal, right? <laughs> Wait, what? No. I no, thought no, it, you're thinking like white something. Like it's the white elephant. Yeah, white elephant. Like uh, you've never been in an office with Secret Santa, have you, Turner? No. Yeah, it's th- th- this is just like you get one person that you have to give a gift to without them knowing who you are. 
Oh, yeah. I thought it was the one where everyone gets a gift and then you put and you pick it out and if you like it, you can steal from them and that no. kind of thing. This is like they usually set up. Wait, why is this too much? If you can't handle the anxiety of a secret Santa, maybe you shouldn't be working in an office. Yeah. And also it's it's like that's bad news for the rest of your career. They'd be labeled stingy, but it's called secret Santa, which means that they don't usually know who it's from. Like they randomly I think you get assigned a name like I got, you know, Joe in accounting. Like, I, he doesn't know it's me. I get him a gift. That's the whole point. It's yeah, but they know afterwards. They don't know leading up. Well, why do they afterwards? The it's wrapped yourself. You, I mean, you don't tell us. You tell the person. No, I mean, no, you, no, no, no. You can find out by deduction. No, but I think I, now that I remember, I think I have done this. Maybe we did this in school because I remember when uh, you get the gift, then you're like, who gave this to me? And they're like, it was me. But right. the whole thing is the weeks leading up to it, you yeah. don't know who's but getting it. But usually, most companies, I think, put, a, put like pay $25 or something. So it's not. Yeah, no, they tell you how much to pay. I mean, I would be, if you spent too much money, I would be like kiss ass or something, you know, like what, that's here's the thing. Any, if, if someone came to me and complained about that, they felt anxiety over the secret Santa, I would just fire them on the spot. If you can't handle a secret Santa, like what can you, yeah, you're you not equipped for this world. Yeah. It could be a job interview thing. We start with a candidate secret Santa, like give them an example of a secret Santa situation. What would you do? What would you buy? See if they can handle it. Yeah, freeze exactly. up on the spot. I thought you were saying you have to give a gift to the person who's interviewing you. That's called that bribery. Be, <laughs> quid pro quo, baby. That's how Whoever works. gives you the best gift gets the job. That's, that's how it works in China. That's how it works in this podcast. You know, we usually uh, that's how we get guests. Yeah, they. That's, they, how, that's how I ended up here. They yeah. give us guests and they give us they give us gifts and then we do it. I, I can relate though. I have to be honest. I was just thinking about this. I haven't. We don't really do Secret Santa in my job now. Okay. Um, but I did my first job ever in LA when I would have been the age of a young millennial. What we were called something else then. We were just called Gen X. I, yeah. We didn't think of ourselves as Gen X. No, but, we were younger than Gen X. But I don't know. I guess but we're older Gen than X. Now we're considered Gen X. Or at least I am, I think. I think you're a millennial. I think I'm. Aren't you the first year of millennials? I think I am technically, but like, who, what? Yeah, you're not, not a millennial really. in the mind. You're the world. You actually you are the world's me? oldest. You really are the world's oldest millennial. <laughs> actually, but I remember we had a secret Santa at my. At this, the world's youngest Gen X. Exactly. This literary agency I worked at in LA, and I got this agent who was like South African. I should have brought this up on our pod. We did a South African pod. You, had a, you used to have a literary agent? I worked at a literary agency in the mailroom, my first oh, job. Oh, okay. And we got, the, there was this, and uh, my one talking point with South, South Africa used to be biltong before it became something that was in all the hips. Like now it's everywhere. It's beef jerky. It's South African beef jerky. I've never heard of it. Never. Well, if you go to like Brooklyn Boulders or like go to like a really hipster, like coffee shop kind of place, they, okay. will, they will sell it now. You've seen it, biltong? I, I've seen it a couple times. Yeah. I've heard of it. Like I, it got a little trendy the past like five or six years. But but back I, in, I feel like Trevor Noah made it popular somehow. I've yeah, heard him mention it. I think like CrossFit making like beef jerky cool, whatever a lot paleo. So, but anyway, CrossFit made beef jerky. Well, jerky cool? got cooler. People who eat like paleo. And oh, eat, I didn't know that. Yeah. Paleo diets, keto yeah. diets. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, back in two thousand and like one, nobody had heard of Biltong except for uh, yeah. So <laughs> I still have. So yeah, and there was one place in Los Angeles that served Biltong randomly. I was like a kosher. It was okay. Like, so I knew this, and I was like, this guy's South African. I'm going to, I'm going to go there and get him built on. He'll be like, Oh, I was, I was going to be a big, I just started this job. I was going to be like a big, like oh. I was going to score points of like this wow. up and coming. So we had to go. And I remember it was like before we were doing it at the holiday party. And then we had a gap that gave us time off to get ready for the party. So I'm like, that's when I'll go. But this is like pre um, GPS and everything. So I drove around Los Angeles. I couldn't find the place. Like I literally got lost in Los Angeles. Okay. And this is like, I could feel like I was, I had this insane anxiety because now I was going to not only not get this stupid bill tongue, but I was going to be late for the holiday party. Cause like I ended up like no idea where I was in Los Angeles and no way to figure out how to get back. I was like new to <laughs> you so, just quit. So I was like, I ended up going to like a CVS and buying him like some shitty chocolates thing. Cause I was like, I didn't know where to go. And then like, I ended up back at the party. It was, yeah, that, so I can relate. I don't want to shit on millennials. In this exa- one example, it would be casting stones over me in front of him too much. Okay, but. well, I will make fun of yeah, him you because make fun to me, it. this is insane. Next story of the week comes to us from educateandinspire.org. That's really where I go for all my news sources. Bars in Italy are starting to use pasta straws to reduce <laughs> plastic waste. There you go. Pasta straws. Better than paper that. straws. What? Better than paper straws. Here's the thing. This would never work in America. You want to know why? No. Gluten-free. Oh, right. But yeah. do you get the gluten if you're sucking it through the straw? Like, how much gluten comes off? Yeah, I mean, because you go to restaurants, and um, they'll be like, oh, we use gluten, like, gluten's in our kitchen. We can't guarantee there wasn't cross-contamination. So, so is the difference between, like, if you're gluten intolerant, which is kind of uh, whatever it is, yeah. it might not hurt you. If, yeah. you're celiac, if you're celiac, it actually, like, the slightest 
touch of gluten can actually exactly yeah. cause serious harm. So for me, it's just like I get like inflammation in my back based off an old injury when I eat too much gluten. Right. It's, but the celiac I, people, if they're, they're like, like in die. the same room as it, yeah, they'll just die. I think the the uh, there's, probably, there's an argument to be made that maybe they're not meant for this world. Out. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think you can handle the straw. And I could handle the and straw. I kind of think I might support this because. I feel like a straw, like when you when you leave pasta around the house, when you like cook pasta and you like leave, have you ever left it on the stovetop? Yeah. For like, it gets hard really fast. Yeah. And it becomes unedible. So I could see the the pasta straw being a really hard structure and working way better than this piece of shit paper and they avocado say, seed. They and, say here it lasts for an hour in a cold drink. You can I keep mean, it I can in drink, a beverage for I mean, an does hour. it go soggy even then? It's like, it, like I thought you just had to have, actually have to boil the pasta. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's like, don't put it into your coffee though, because then you'll end up with a wet noodle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hot. You have to be in a cold drink. Can't be in a hot iced drink. Iced coffee. Yeah, but, I'm, but I support this. It's like the type of pasta already exists. It's bucatini. Is that? Yeah, that's like a little pasta, little spaghetti, spaghetti, thick spaghetti with a hole down the middle. Look at that. But why don't we invent this? Because why do I know Italy? This? Why, why do I? We were gonna make straws for Let's our do merch this in America. This was gonna be our merch. We'll just send people uh, pasta. Pasta. <laughs> <laughs> this would be so cheap. Way easier than making a metal straw. <laughs> yeah. I, that's how cheap pasta is. Just, just write your <laughs> in ink. Write the name of the podcast. Yeah, on a get a piece stamp. Of pasta. We get a Lost in America stamp. We stamp it on all the pasta. Boom! It's ours. All the bucatini. Is that what you said? That's what you called it. We don't have to yeah. do anything. Bucatini. <laughs> don't ask why I know this. It sounds like a Sex act too. It's like uh, it's Sopranos or a little bucatini in the back room. There, right? The company founder says uh, his company's called Strudels. By the way, oh, we shouldn't promote it because we're gonna copy it. Yeah, we're gonna um, steal from this, but we could have him on the podcast. But this too. is—I immediately hate this guy. His name's Maximilian Gelman. Why is it Jew? You hate him? What is, <laughs> is that a Jewish name? Uh, Gelman? I, I wouldn't even know that. Maxim? I don't know. That's the name Maxim's. A- Maxim, and he, no, he listened to his quote. Strudels is not just a straw company. And there's a much bigger picture, as I feel I can leave a long-term impact by creating a ripple effect by triggering many small changes all across the world, especially young, among people that are less conscious of sustainability and their respective actions and behaviors. I feel like everybody just thinks they're Martin Luther King now. Yeah. Like, they're much. like, but, but this one thing I did is going to affect the whole world. It's such yeah. just like grandiose. Even the millennials in, in Italy... Yeah. Who think that every little thing they're going to do, everyone wants so much credit. They want credit. Martin Luther King, famous for handing out pasta to people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I'm saying he really did make a difference. This asshole, Maximilian Gelman. Maxim, well, I mean, you got to wait till history's written. You don't know right now that Maximilian Gelman won't be as <laughs> make the same difference as Martin <laughs> Luther King. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> don't, one I'll sm- bet on it. Yeah. Martin Luther King did it one small step at a time. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's doing one pasta straw at a time. One pasta straw. You know, that reminds me, great Secret Santa gift. Maybe I'll get him for my whole office this year. What? Pasta, pa- pasta straws. <laughs> pasta straws for the office. You and give for- De Niro a, pop, a piece of pasta for Christmas. Oh, if it, was, if it had De Niro's name on it, that could make some money. He's Italian. You know, actually, that's I should genius. talk to him about this. <laughs> that is genius. If we get his name, he's environmental. Holy shit! Billion, a real billion dollar idea. Just Robert now. De Niro's pasta People always come straws. to him with ideas that he doesn't have put money and just put his and, name on. And Maximilian tries to sue him for patent violations. Like it's bucatini. What are you like? This is just yeah. pasta. I'm just yeah. handing out pieces of pasta. Can I get name on it? Here's the tagline: Paper straws. Forget about it. Uh, <laughs> is that his line? Did he say no, forget no, about it? Well, not really. Who's the forget about <laughs> it person? Just, that's not him. Just well. What were his catchphrases? Oh yeah, and like well, I guess it was a catchphrase. Was that, yeah, forget, but I mean, did he invent forget about it and like analyze this or is that just like, that sounds know. like something. All right. You we'll talking to me, but I don't know if that's works with a pasta straw. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll work on that. We'll, Next we'll, story we'll, of the week. Oh, more food here. New York post bandit coffee, a cheap alternative to Starbucks founded or by early founded by early YouTube. I'm sorry. Uber early Uber employees is set to launch in midtown Manhattan with $2 coffee. Wow. Which is amazing. Some people outside New York might not realize that's a big deal. Two dollars is a good price for. It's coffee. like four bucks now, yeah. right? Well, it depends if it's is it a drip coffee or espresso. I think regular black coffee, cold two dollars, and then anything the higher end stuffs, uh, four fifty. They say. And cold brews can yeah, go as high as eight. Actually, yeah, is that pricey? That's pricey. Like for a mocha and all that kind of stuff. I mean, a, a mocha. I get like I'll get my cortado for like three seventy five. What's a my cortado? I'll get my. Court space cortada. <laughs> what's, a, what's my space cortada? <laughs> <laughs> a cortado is like a step above a macchiato, below a cappuccino. Um, okay, I'll, I'll keep Adia. going. We're boomer. I don't know. What that <laughs> okay, boomers. <laughs> okay, boomers. <laughs> what is this drink? We can't heard afford of that in our salaries. I've never boomer heard. with all the wealth. Yeah, you, you, uh, your uh, healthcare. All my all my uh, pension money is going to you. As I sit here, here freelancing in a coffee shop because I don't have an office space or benefits. <laughs> okay, boomer. 
Okay, back to Bandit Coffee. So its stores follow a pop-up model looking more like kiosks as opposed to brick-and-mortar stores and are modeled after Chinese juggernaut Luckin Coffee, which is poised to surpass Starbucks. 4,000 locations in China by the end of the year. Do you know Luckin Coffee? This is insane. I've never heard of Luckin Coffee, which means that it was created or at least popularized in the last three years. That's how fast stuff happens in China. That's, is 4,000 a lot in China? Like, how many tr- ice cream trucks did you have? You had 10,000? We, <laughs> we had 10,000. Yeah. 4,000 is a lot, yes. Yeah, even in China. Uh, 4,000, holy cow. Also- Is I, coffee in China big? Like, So when I drink, moved there, no one drank coffee. Yeah. I remember people were like, every like idiot who came out there who's like, bro, I'm going to make a billion dollars. I'm going to start a coffee store. Yeah. And then every Chinese person would tell them, no one drinks coffee. Don't start Chinese. It's not in our culture. Yeah, we don't drink coffee. Coffee in our it's culture. Like a tea, right? Or- yeah, but the minute Starbucks opened, it just exploded, and now there's four thousand of them, and the Luckin Coffee has four thousand more, or whatever that Don't might feel be. Feel bad for Starbucks; they were there first. They were the ice. They were the Mister Softy. They was- were the originals. <laughs> it was Starbucks and um, Costa Coffee, which I think is either from Australia yeah, or England. I don't know but that. they were both really big, and now this Luckin thing. But also, I'm pissed at myself because this idea of a, I know exactly what they're talking about. This kiosk. It's not a kiosk. It's like in a shopping mall. But not a full store. It's just like a pop up, like a window. It's takeout. not a window. It's like they literally imagine you're walking down the center of like a shopping mall and they just set up like a counter and behind it a bar, a temporary bar where they have maybe a sink. They might not be able to do Matt's drink there. I, they might not have enough options. They can't do the you MySpace Macacado <laughs> or whatever it was. You get an espresso machine. You get you make the espresso. You steam the milk. They can do it. Forget about uh, it. Forget <laughs> it. <laughs> forget. Wow. I don't know. This is insane. I'll try it out. $2 coffee. I'm all about. I don't like So basically spend. they copy the model of this Chinese brand, which I'm just excited that American businesses are now ripping off Chinese. Pretty soon they're gonna. someone's going to be like, I have a great idea. I saw this in China. I'm going to open up an ice cream truck. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be crazy. It's going to drive around. Mr. Play a, China, but in New York. A song. <laughs> yeah. Here's the one thing that might leave, up, leave out uh, Boomer Matt here yeah. is uh, uh, producer Boom Boom over there. Is all, 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 all orders are done through its app. 100% order. So you have to first download their app. Oh, so it's no cash then either. No, you have to download their app, which is supposed to, it's, and it's going to reduce wait times. Um, orders are completed in 40 seconds. The chances of me downloading an app for every store I go into is 0%. Yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm already out because I'm not getting your dumb app just yeah. so I can order food from or order coffee. How do you me. feel about ordering? Um, like those places where they you order like electronically, but not with a person. I hate those places. Because Carl's Jr. had it, so I thought maybe you'd like it. I've seen it. Oh, I, I re, okay. I restate. <laughs> I like those places because I like it because I always like to like make a substitution, and it's just there's you know. a salad place near near our. Uh, I forget what it's called, but it's near us, and they don't have any. There's no staff. They literally just have people in the kitchen, and then you order at these machines, and then someone comes out. Uh, appears from the kitchen, puts it in front of you, and walks away. They don't even say hello. Like, there's no spoken communication. It Automation, sucks. baby. I feel like I'm in that movie Her, you know? One of those, yeah. like, futuristic weirdo. No, I like it, because... It... Got goddamn antisocial millennials. Yeah. Exactly. I went exactly. to a Wendy's. Plus robots. Even a Wendy's the other day had it. You didn't have to do anything. I don't mind if I mean, they have it, but they also have an option to go talk to somebody. And it's great, because then you can order lots of kids' meals, even if you don't have kids. Because... <laughs> No one's going to see this. going to give it to Are you. Are you a kid's meal eater? Well, it's a good deal. Or you get, give them out to kids. You get you. nuggets. You have toys. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> Except this all, this all happens not because they actually are trying to make it so you don't have to talk to anyone. It's just reducing labor costs. Exactly. Yeah, it's yeah, like just yeah. saving them a ton of money. Automation. I Yang was, gang, baby. Well, I'm going to tell people that's why I was priced out of my job at Arby's I used to have my whole career. <laughs> I, I lost it. The mailroom, then to Arby's, yeah. then to I'm Robert De Niro. I made the fries. There's no <laughs> robot to make fries. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's an impossible thing for a robot to do. <laughs> uh, you gotta have a right. Yeah, it's like a chef. You got a right amount of time to touch the oil. It, it, it's setting the timer. That's the hard part. It's, you have no idea the type of skilled labor that was. <laughs> to make fries. What about Jamoka shakes? Jamoka shakes don't make. There's there's 26 different spices. It's a signature blend. You cannot replace me. I was not replaceable. The Jews cannot replace me. Neither could the robots. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's, I might go back to Arby's. That'd be great for the pod. My old coming home. So yeah. Anyway, on the road trip, on this Thanksgiving road trip, I'm now I'm no no. If there's an Arby's in that town with the adult bookstore, 
I'm going to be so excited in All Pennsylvania. Right. I have literally never set foot in an Arby's uh, we, or an adult bookstore. But. That's uh, an affront to Kevin. Which is more offensive, which is more you have to hide. I think Randy would be more appalled, actually. She okay, hates Arby's. You never Arby's? Okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> no, Randy Kaplan prefer to catch me in an adult bookstore than to catch me at the Arby's at this point. She's oh, not really? a fan. No. Anyway. All right. That's the podcast. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. I know it was last week. It's the holiday season. Yeah. We'll be back next week to talk about our Thanksgivings. Enjoy your shopping. Enjoy your secret. Secret Santas. Yeah. Enjoy uh, holiday parties. Black Fridays if you had them. Go get drunk at your office party. All right. And uh, okay, boomers, let's get lost. (laughs) Get lost. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.